This is Resonance 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. How are you doing? I'm Nick Hennigan and it's time for another slice of literary London where we talk about things, well, kind of literary and Londony. It's in the name really, isn't it? Also, an extra treat if you're watching on bohemianbritain.com or on YouTube, we're live. I'm waving at you right now. And so too is my guest for this slice of uh, literary London, Nick Brock. Do you prefer Nick or Nicholas? Oh, doesn't matter. Nick, Nick's fine. Nick, Nick. The two Nicks. Yeah, yeah I used to do a radio show with the two Nicks. Yeah. But yes, Nicholas Bromley, who um, who's a writer, and I met him down a pub. Yes, I know, I know. But it was a pub theatre. It was the Tabard Pub Theatre. And uh, Nick Bromley, who I also, of course, you will have heard if you've listened to previous editions of this programme, you would have heard him on uh, the uh, Chiswick uh, Book Festival talking about his... Uh, his books there and we're going to talk about those today so you've written two books Nick I mean greedy <laughs> one is called <laughs> Theatre Law and the other is called Stage Ghosts and Haunted Theatres there indeed if you're watching now in glorious stereo you can see that's the that's the copy of Theatre Law I like the kind of traditional look to the cover as well yes and then Stage Ghosts and Haunted Theatres I'll be quiet Ooh. so people can see that as well <laughs> Brilliant. So, uh, I mean, they're great books. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the books yeah, later. Uh, in a mo. But just yeah. talk about yourself first. So, so because you've been involved in theatre for quite a while. Uh, well, yes. Um, actually, um, uh, I, I started off um, in uh, in 1960, 1964, <laughs> when I was at when I was at Central uh, before it became Royal. Before they gave it a title, uh, it was just the plain old Central School of Speech and Drama, uh, and I did the stage management course. And um, in 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 the in the in, in the holidays, uh, I'd work at backstage at Richmond Theatre, which is close to here, uh, in the crew, as as one of the crew. In fact, there were only two of us anyway. So, and uh, we uh, we we it, it was it was weekly rep then, and uh, they'd. They'd build the sets on the side uh, in, in an old lean-to, which is on the side of the building. It's all been terribly smartened up now. Uh, but it was, it was, it was a, glorious, a glorious learning experience, you, mostly because you had to play knuckle with the, other, with the other crew. So I've got a rather large left hand still to this day. Um, um, and, um, and then uh, finished knuckle it. Being, knuckle being a game, of course. Okay. Oh yes, knuckle the game, and um, we uh, we uh, then uh, I, I went on to um, went out on on uh, in, into into rep at, at, at Malvern then, uh, oh. where, where it was my first prof professional job as an ASM, um, and then um, when that season ended, um, joined the tour of. My, My Fair Lady, which had just started, come out of the um, out of Drury Lane. This is, this is in '65, um, and, uh, and 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 then about a year and a half later, I got my first job in London when I had my full equity card. You know, you had to be a you had to have a full equity card to to work in the West End in those days. Um, but I did the weeks and and got the card, and then came in as an ASM um, to London with three uh, shows. Uh, and then uh, after that, this is oh, sorry, this is very long winded. But then I went to South Africa uh, 
because uh, in those days, um, ASMs and, and and DSMs were, as, as you as you know, you know they they, they were much older than, than they are today, and it took an awful long time to to rise through the ranks because people stayed doing what they did, um, and I got the chance to go out as a stage manager uh, to, to South Africa, and again, so that sort of jumped the DSM part of the job or so just to just to clear up for people that don't know so asm is assistant stage manager yep. and dsm is called deputy stage manager which is kind of higher than stage manager isn't it it's a little bit a little bit of a strange system is it yes i'm sorry i should have explained and and, and so you cue the show the dsm is the one who stands in the corner and um if if an actor dries and asks for a cue um quite often says you know which one do you want you know i mean it could be <laughs> Faster. Uh, uh, but it was a great experience and uh, it did all sorts, everything from one man shows to big variety shows to, to straight plays to musicals. Uh, so it was, it was, it was two years of, of solidly different and terrific variety of shows, uh, which was great experience. So when I got back, um, I, 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 I was able to present myself as a stage manager. And in those days you, didn't really have stage managers on their own. They were they were more. You became a company stage manager until big musicals started. Um, so not until the nineteen eighties was were, were the were the two jobs split in half. Uh, that you it was um, so uh, when that happened, then I became um, a company manager. Because uh, I by then I was doing musicals, and a company manager is sort of the producer's representative. So you won't, yes. you won't necessarily be at the corner of the stage, um, yes. <clears throat> calling the show, but you'll be responsible for looking after the whole company and yes. the yes. or, or yes. in those days. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's literally yes. like the producer's representative of the show, which is quite a big gig, I would imagine. Quite a responsibility. Oh, a terrific responsibility! You, you, you know, um, because in the early days. Uh, back then, um, we, there was all sorts of problems with um, uh, we we had the, um, the the three day week, and for example, the lights would go out halfway through a show, and you'd be left with just a single bulb, you know, one one bulb, um, and then uh, the other thing, of course, then was the um, the IRA were very active, and they would phone and say, "There's something in your theatre." And you'd have to you'd have to evacuate, bring it back, and sometimes you know you you would have to possibly cancel because you couldn't find anything. But you but the the police would tell you because there was a coded message used to be sent out, uh, whether it was true or not. Um, and um, it, it, that was quite you had to make you had to have the responsibility. And then if something went wrong again, like you know the. Uh, a set broke down if it was a you know on, on a revolve or something you'd you'd have to you'd have to make a decision uh after a little bit of time whether the show could actually continue or would you have to take you know another hour to clean it you know to sort it out and and do a full cancellation of of, of the evening and, and a refund for people so all, all those little things like that you had to be you had to make the decision especially when you couldn't get through to the producers who in those days there were no mobile phones you had a you had a number 
um, you could call them, but if they'd gone out, um, it was it was your call. Yeah, I do remember actually how answer phones it sounds really yes. yes. that kind of changed my life when I was freelancing and producing and, and, and doing events. Yes. You could actually because before that you had to have to have a secretary or someone to answer the phone for you if you weren't there. Yes. It's a kind of another world now, isn't it? Really, another world. Sorry. You've had some uh, some great adventures, I suppose. What what was it that got you into the theatre? I, I, some of the names you're coming out. Of the why, why did what, I join? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, what, what why does it, anybody join? I mean, <laughs> what was it? Were your, were your parents particularly theatrical? Yeah, yes, my, on, in London at the time. Yes, on, on my mother's side, um, my mother's side of the family, uh, were I had a, a, a couple of cousins who were actor were actors. Uh, my my mother was a dancer. My my. Uh, my aunt was a, a a casting director and, a, and an actress, and she was married to an actor. So it's and my uh, my grandmother was was um, uh, was very keen. She, she'd put push the girls onto the stage when they were twelve. They didn't go to school. They didn't go to school. Uh, they went to a they went to a, a dancing well. They went to a dancing academy, and uh, they were working at the age of fourteen, twelve, four from the age of twelve onwards, and then. In the West End, from about the age of fifteen, they were at the Q Theatre uh, uh, down at Q, the old Q Theatre, which was at Q by Q Bridge. Yeah, brilliant. And, and that obviously influenced you as a small child. Then growing up, well, it 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 it. I knew I knew what I, I knew quite a lot of what was going on and what sort of life it was. So uh, I I wouldn't say I was starry eyed, but I knew that. I thought there there is a there, there is a career here if 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 one can be uh, so it's such a posh word for being in the theatre but there was a career there and if I if I uh, and I, I have a very bad memory for words for remembering words as it were so I thought I'll, I'll never be a silent you know silent silent plays are just not not in fashion. Uh, I couldn't speak French or, or or mime French like Marcel Marceau, so I thought I'll become a stage manager, because it seemed to me that that would be more work possibly uh, for a stage manager than an actor, and, that, and that's what I did. So you weren't you weren't moved to be an actor then, particularly that wasn't the passion. Not really, no. Not no. really. No. I, I, it's great. I mean, you know, we we know, don't we, that uh, uh, a good stage manager is is worth their weight in gold, really. Um, that must have been how so your parents presumably when you were young you were all okay about you going into the theatre uh, yeah oh, I, I suppose so yes I mean uh, and, the, and the great thing then was but if you went to a drama school in those days you didn't have to pay you got a grant from the from from the council so um, that was that was an enormous help because these days I mean it is very very expensive to because it's now been linked with with uh, with universities so you end up with a okay, you you end up with a BA, but um, uh, it, it, it's a, it's an expensive edu it's a, it, an expensive form of degree. Yes, yes, it's slightly. I mean, my partner she got in, she got in just as the last grants were being given in oh, the nineties. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But had 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 it not been for that, she wouldn't have been able to have gone to drama school. She's done no. quite well for herself. Since then, I have to say, yes, I'm not a great fan of these degrees. That might just me being old. I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Resonance 104.4 FM. We're also on bohemianbritain.com in vision. Oh, well, wait. Hey.
mad at you now. In stereo, you'll be able to see me waving. Uh, I'm talking to Nicholas Bromley, who is, as you can probably tell, has been steeped in theatre for many years. We met uh, at the Tabard Theatre, which is in Chiswick in West London. Um, and I'm very fond of that, mainly because the people that have just taken it over now, Simon Riley, who used to manage it for a few years, or for quite a few years, and then he left, and he's he's actually now got the lease. I'm very fond of that. How, how do you find, I mean, you're working in the West End. We're going to talk about the books, I promise. We've got two books, Theatre Law and uh, Stage Ghosts and Haunted Theatres. But how do you, having worked in theatre for, for such a long time and having worked overseas, and mainly you're plowing your, you've been playing your trade in the West End, how do you think the business looks upon small studio theatres like the Tabard or the Hen and Chicks or the well, White Bear? I think they're terribly important because they, they, because so many theatres have disappeared now. When when you consider how many theatres there were at the, at the turn of last century, um, you know, say nineteen hundred, so many theatres have gone, um, so many, uh, so many regional theatres are in trouble. Uh, little theatres, if they can, they get, they don't get grants. They don't get, you know, they they, they rely on 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 uh, local audiences mostly, and uh, I think they're very important because they they quite often give a young person or anybody you know, their first experience of going to the theatre, and they also put on some very good shows. Um, the the London London now has a lot of small theatres. And the standard is very high. You get you get some excellent performances. You get some excellent new plays being done there. And I believe you're putting on a new play there pretty soon. Well, it just so happens, yes. <laughs> we are. Doing, it's not a new place in which, but it's a new version. With Maverick, Maverick's always been about that, and it's interesting. Yes. We started pub theatre in Birmingham. Back yeah. in the nineties, after I, after my one man Henry Fifth, which if you're looking, there's a poster behind. Actually, if you're watching, I can see it. Yes, I did yeah. that in ninety two. Went to Edinburgh, was blown away because I had no idea what Edinburgh was about, or even fringe theatre. And then we started offering, basically inviting people to try theatre in Birmingham, which fortunately managed to work quite well. And a lot of a lot of people that were working with us, we go first time directors and, and actors before have gone on since to do great work i won't embarrass too many of them by mentioning them by now but there are there are quite a few people both front and, and behind the, the cloth as it were uh, front stage, yeah. stage that have gone on to do it. and i guess that's an important part as well particularly as we were saying uh you know if, if your only other option is to try and do a, a theater degree the practicalities of getting involved hands-on with theater must be important at that level yes and it's it's it, and it is um you know it's it, it's a it's 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 a very crowded profession uh theatre really is a crowded profession and and with the demise of the rep system it's as you said it, it's very hard to get the experience which the the, the hands-on experience which which a young actor or a young stage manager needs to understand uh, the ins and outs of the business uh and studio theatres give you that chance how did you find the weekly rep system? This is me being a bit of an anorak. I actually toured with a, I put on a show uh, about Tony Hancock called Hancock's Finest Hour. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And it, it starred Paul Henry, who was known for playing Benny in Crossroads years ago. Yeah. And he talked with some affection about, he didn't do weekly rep, but I think he did was it twice weekly rep. I see. I, I, yeah. way of learning, learning a trade. Twice weekly. I mean, that was, that was really the norm. I'm, I, I'm just going to turn off my phone. Sorry, I think it, it might be. 
No, it's okay. You can't hear anything. Um, I, I think uh, uh, it was usually, I think there were more fortnightly reps than, than, than weekly reps, but they still do weekly reps. They, they're still, there are one or two on, on the East Coast. I think Frinton has one, which does weekly. And there's, there's one down in Dorset or Devon, which Barnstable, is it Barnstable? Oh, something up there. Oh, that's Sue. Um, uh, sorry, um, I still do it. And it's, it's. I mean, we, we by the, when the only time I did it was, a, was at Richmond. And of course we were actually spent most of the day um, canvassing flats. And, <laughs> Oh, or regurgitating flats. So that, was, doesn't, that doesn't just to clear it up. That doesn't mean walking around selling political yeah. parties in apartments. Yeah, canvassing flats, yes. The flats <laughs> are, the, are the wooden stretches <laughs> that you put canvas on to create a set. Yep. Yes, and and um, and paint and, and painting over again and again and again, painting them over, uh, making up you know the glue and making up the the paint itself. You know, powdered paint you'd use and. Uh, uh, it was uh, so by the time you rehearsals were over um, because by about four of the afternoon, because they had a show that night. So they were rehearsing the next week during the day and then doing the show in the evening. So it was it was it was pretty full on for the actors, pretty full on. Yeah, I guess that's probably one of the reasons why it changed, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. And yes. so we come to the books. Hooray, not just oh, one, but two thank you. books. So. So what made you, I mean, obviously you've been in theatre for a while. It's your career. Yeah. I would argue it's your passion. I suppose you have to have a bit of passion for this business, really, if you're, yes. you're going to okay. for any sort of longevity and having to put up with the financial. I mean, as you said, quite rightly, it's such a crowded market. So many people want to be in it. It means that it's actually quite tough to get to get proper gigs, as it were. Yeah. Or gigs, he said. I'm just about to cast this two, two by two cart right below. <laughs> Casting notice going out tonight. Please get in touch if you'd like to. He's going to um, <laughs> He's really going to be but it's it's a tough old game. So, but you obviously you do have a passion for it. So where where did the idea for the books come? Uh, well, uh, first my first one was which is called Theatre Law, which is this one. Um, the, uh, there's a there's a drawing on the back, and it's by a, a dear friend of mine called um, Simon Bond, who sadly is dead. But, but it's quite appropriate in a way because he wrote 101 uses of a dead cat. Uh, so now he's a dead author, but he suggested that uh, he suggested it. Well, I, I thought I'll do a a backstage dictionary, basically. So it's an A to Z of all the of of all the um, all the expressions and all the all, all the the things in the business. Um, for example, uh, bravo. That's what audiences are meant to shout at the end of a dramatic evening in appreciation of a dramatic evening. I even think I've heard it myself a few times in my career, but that could be balls. Anyway, um, uh, it, it's it's like that, you know. It's 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 it, it's uh, Iago, one of the greatest enigmatic villains of all time. Iago destroys a fellow, but why? His behaviour is uncannily like some of today's theatre critics. <laughs> anyway, it's it's like that. And Simon did did all the cartoons. There's a cartoon for every. For every page, so uh, uh, you have to show us some now, and you can you can see this if you're listening. Uh, it's a Bacardi Breezer, you see Bacardi Breezer under B. Bacardi Breezers, 
Smeared at by more spirited drinkers and abhorred by the moral minority, this lively good time brand of alcohops is nevertheless admired by many of your average theatre audiences. It is also very useful to have a few in the fridge backstage when working on younger shows such as Grease, High School Musical and Matilda to dish out as rewards, bribes or payback. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yes, I, I know somebody worked on Matilda, and I think you're right there. Yeah. <laughs> and it must have been quite, I mean, we have a lot of writers that, that that follow us. And by the way, I should say, if you'd like to get in touch at any point, you can do. Uh, email's probably easiest, as always, radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. We're on Twitter, I think, at Lit London. Oh, really? Oh. But I, 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 I'm on Twitter anyway, Nick Hennigan, if you want to get at Nick Hennigan. I know, H-E-N-N-E-G-A-N. I used to have 10,000 followers. I got I got hacked. Anyway, that's, that's a lot. Wow. <laughs> I got hacked. But, so if you'd like to get in touch, of course, uh, if you're organising an event or you've written a book or you're involved in anything to do with uh, literature in London, or in this case, theatre. Um, and then the, the the process. Well, let's talk about stage ghosts and haunted theatres first as well. So yes. tell us, tell us um, how that came about. Well, that came about through a lifelong uh, interest in ghosts uh, from a very early age. And um, I suppose um, ghosts are a curious subject. You, you, They're very hard to prove, but equally hard to disprove. Uh, and I, I, I think I've been fortunate enough to have had some very strange experiences. And I'm I'm not talking about in the green room afterwards, but I mean just in in real in in real life, in real time, in theatres, and I have seen and experienced some strange, very strange phenomena, uh, and I thought I would uh, while I before I became a ghost myself, I thought I'd write a book about some of the some very not many um, a mere fifty of our haunted theatres in the British Isles. And and that's what it's about. So it's um it it, it it's it, it's a tour. It goes on tour. It starts in it starts in London, uh, and then so we have uh twenty one London theatres. Then there's an interval because you'll be tired after that, you know. So we have a little interval with single stories, and then an entract in Totnes, and then it goes on tour again. Uh, it goes out on tour, having played its London run. And we start off at the Adeline, the Adelina Patty Theatre in Wales. And then after the Theatre Royal Margate, we do 17 out-of-town ones. We come back to Sadler's Wells and to the Theatre Royal Drury Lane for the grand finale. And that's the, uh, that, that, that's, that's the running order of <laughs> the book. That sounds like a very good tour, well-organised tour. Obviously, they have, a good, they have a good company manager involved in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how did you decide what th are they all theatres that you've been to they're, all, they're either theatres I've visited or I've I, I've spent many years sort of gathering the material or and, and, and reading about them and, and, and talking to people and, and they're, they're, the, they're, the, they're some of the best ones and quite a few of them are are not known to the public so we've got uh, several in fact many are unknown to the public. I mean, the famous ones, such as the Man in Grey at Drury Lane, uh, that of course is is known and, and and is regularly put out by the press when they need a story. Uh, What's you tell us uh, about the Man in Grey? The Man in Grey. Yeah, yeah. Tell us uh, about it. 
Yeah. Uh, um, I haven't seen the man in grey myself, but I know people who have. Uh, but uh, but there are other ghosts at, at Drury Lane as well. In fact, there's there's a lot of ghosts at Drury Lane. Um, so, um, so we're out, they're out there, and they're they're you know, you may be sitting next to one. You never know, do you, at the theatre? It's true. You never know. Look, let's look right. Well, they don't they don't just stay backstage. You know, ghosts have been seen. In the auditorium during the show, um, uh, in the fly gallery, sitting in the audience, sitting in the dress circle, uh, being on stage, even you know they 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 have appeared on stage. Wow! So, um, so there's a lot of lot of story there. I'm doing a doing a talk, funnily enough, at the yeah. at the Tabard on um, March the thirtieth about haunted theatres. Doing we're doing a little talk there. We thought we'd that might be quite fun. So I'm going to. It could be illustrated not by ghosts, <clears throat> because there's only there's about two or three photographs of ghosts. Uh, very few, and 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 always someone says, "Is it for real? Is it for you know?" There's a there's a lot of controversy about it, but uh, so but I've I, I, what I've done is illustrate the people who who have appeared in various theatres. So it, it will be about them. Yeah. Brilliant. And of course, yes, that's 30th of March 2022, because March, the podcast yes. is around for a long time. <laughs> oh, yes, we're, we're like something that you can't get rid of. And so what, what was the process of writing as well? Because we have a lot of writers that listen to this. Did you use a particular sort of programme or was it just a laptop or did you do it longhand? What's your oh, writing no, I, I, did it on, I did it on a laptop. I did them both on laptops um, because being, being a company manager, I needed one for you know, doing show reports and salaries and things like that. So um, I thought I'd, 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 I'd tap away as the show played, as it, and it did. Yeah. So did you use any special program or was it just like a word processing? No, no, just 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 word windows. Yeah. Windows, and then um, and then uh, sent it off and, and had it put together, as it were. And it was and have you self-published them then? At the I did. Yes, I've done them both. I've done yeah, them yeah. both. Yeah, well, but, I mean, but, not, but not through a but not through a one of the companies. It, it, I've done it myself under my own banner. Yes, yeah, so it's not vanity publishing as we used to call it. There's the self. I don't think so because you see, if you yeah. if you do vanity publisher, you only get about ten copies of the book. You have to buy the rest. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, we've got, I mean, we've got a we've got a couple. In fact, we're bringing out another one called uh, Plays in the Pub. Would you believe? Which I'm going to mention now. Can are, you, are you are you are you publishing it yourself? Then? Yes, we are. We're doing it That's through good. a print-on-demand system, uh, and we've done. I've done a thing about uh, called the making of a ghost of a chance. Oh, there's a ghost. Oh, there, there we are. A diary of running a small-scale theatre company with a famous soap star a famous director and a little boy and very little money um and that's coming out in time for two in fact uh, if you're around in april come to the tabard theater and say two, two was your show two is coming your, your, yeah. your show two yes of exactly. course and we're going to be sort of saying about oh we could talk forever but but they... tempest fugit as they say what there's one there's one one i'd like to mention actually yeah. it's quite interesting because simon has um as you said has taken over and he's programming really well. I mean, a great variety of shows. I mean, and one of the one of the ones he does, apart from putting on you know, your got your shows running for three, two, three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. Three weeks, yeah, which is great. But he's he's done quite a few one-nighters, and he's got one which was very interesting. Um I, I saw the one with Sean Phillips and Stephen Greif, which was on quite recently. 
and he's also got um he's got one called called I've got, I've written it down because it's it intrigues me because I'm going to go and see it posting letters to the moon which is on the 12th of March and that's got uh Simon Williams and Lucy Fleming now Simon Williams uh, a lot of the ladies will go a little bit weak at the knees probably of Simon Williams he was in you know all sorts of wonderful shows and television and it's about Lucy's mother and father who, who were Peter Fleming who was Ian Fleming's brother and Celia Johnson of, of course yes of Celia Johnson brief encounter fame wow. was the letters they wrote to each other during the war while Peter was abroad on on service and uh, it, it's a very charming show apparently it's been we can find out details of that at the theatre uh, theatreatabard.org I think is the website when can we find more about you Nick have you got a website have you got a uh, no I have LNP books L L L, 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 L for lucky uh, N for naughty and P for professional books. <laughs> That's a great name, Lucky Naughty Professional. Brilliant. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Nick. It's been fascinating. If you'd like well, to you. uh, LNP books, it's uh, Nick Bromley, Nicholas Bromley, Theatre Law and Stage Ghosts and Haunted Theatres. And that's it. We've run out of time. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, thank you very much. I shall see you next time. You can catch us on BohemianBritain.com. We're also on YouTube. I can't remember the channel, but BohemianBritain.com. And of course, on Resonance 104.4 FM. <laughs>